We've had clients that found their next great hire because they had a podcast and were able to understand, oh, wow, this is something that I want to be a part of. Like I feel better about this company because I can listen to them and I get a sense of who they are. So there's just so many reasons for podcasting now. And, you know, I still love the storytelling part of it. I still love, you know, the legacy part of it. But at the same time, like to see my clients succeed because of podcasting, that's my why. It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin, a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humbled and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be Bold Begin. Hi, welcome back. This is Barcy, your host. And if you've been listening, then you know how I feel about podcasting. Earlier this year, I did a mini series called Begin Podcasting. And I also created a free companion resource guide for anyone looking to start their own podcast. And then season five, our previous season, was also dedicated to the craft of podcasting, where we talked to lots of people about how they scaled a specific area of podcasting, like creating a home studio or growing their community. And everyone also talked about how much podcasting has added to their lives and how it's helped them reach their goals and grow and create something really special. But I'll admit that that is my favorite part of the conversation the part that is super connected to the why and why we do the things we do and how when we do the things most connected to our why, they have an even bigger potential to become what we were hoping for and more. So my guest today shares that sentiment with me along with a few other similarities. He has a passion for podcasting and the amazing ways it helps us grow and create. And he also has a business much like mine called Earfluence, which is a really great name. And he's cornering the market in North Carolina. They focus on amplifying your expertise. And so I have with me today, the founder and CEO of Earfluence, Jason Gillikin. Welcome, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to have this conversation. We spoke before and we are like kindred spirits. Like we are so similar. I'm so excited for this conversation and to be able to talk to you again. Thank you. I agree. It was interesting to hear just in our chat when we were meeting right before this a week ago or so, everything we're trying is very similar, even in our timelines. We were kind Mm -hmm. of in similar places in business 
and similar ideas around, you know, what we want to try next. And it's unique to meet someone that parallel. <laughs> so Yeah, absolutely. And talk about different challenges that we're facing as well. So we know the value of podcasting and what it can mean for other businesses. But then it becomes, okay, well, how do we get that out to the world? And how do we make it so that everybody, every company has a podcast? I think we're both on the same page and trying to do that. I agree. Part of the process that's been really fun for me, and I wonder if you relate when in development, is noticing how close to the heart creating a podcast can be, even for a business, where we really have to ask those tough questions like, you know, why do you have this business? And what is your true message? What's the value you're giving? Because we need to translate all of that into a product like a podcast and their messaging. And, you know, the voice of that has to be really authentic. So that part can be really intimate in a way. Do you feel like that's true for you as well? It is. Yeah. So when we start our, you know, like sales calls, I guess, or consulting calls, you might want to say with a company or with a personal brand, we always start with, well, what is your goal for this podcast? And then it goes to who's your audience for this podcast. And they really have to dig deep into themselves to figure out, well, wait a minute, I know I should have a podcast here, but it's hard to define what my exact goal is. And so we can talk to them about that. So like, is it top of funnel marketing? You know, is it something where you want to create a platform to you know, sell something in the future? Is it because you want people to be comfortable in either buying from you or starting to work for your company? So there's just so many different reasons to start a podcast, but then they've got to figure out, okay, well, who is our audience? And that does really drill down into what that company is exactly. So to your point, yeah, absolutely. I do see that their podcast is truly a reflection on where their business is and where they want it to go. Exactly. Yeah. And it's surprising how many of those questions kind of aren't answered already. Mm -hmm. So it's a really great way to just revisit your business plan too, which is something interesting that I yeah. just discovered through doing development with people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. sometimes it's just surprising. Sometimes they just say they want to have fun with it. Which and that's great, too. <laughs> it is. Like, they're not going to hire us if they just want to have fun. But at the same time, like, everybody should be having fun with the podcast. That's a good point. And that kind of connects to what I want to ask you, because I want to know more about you specifically, Jason. So I'm going to dive right into this idea of why. So I would love to know, what is your biggest why for podcasting? What is it about it that you fell in love with? And what kind of keeps you in the game to the point that you're, you know, helping other people on a daily basis, create a podcast, create something like this as well? I love it. So you're digging deep into my soul right away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple answers there. And we can go with, well, one, why did I start? doing this? Why did I start podcasting? Why did I start EarFluence? And then yeah. get into where it is now. Like, what's my why now? So initially, I started podcasting because I fell in love with it, with the storytelling for the most part. And I was listening to like uh, how I built this is a, a huge influence on my podcasting style. I really liked some of the true crime type of podcasts, like the the serials of the world. My friend um, Javier, he's got a, a podcast called Pretend, which is like true crime light and uh, just amazing storytelling. So mm. I really fell in love with the storytelling part of it and to a degree how it could be leveraged for businesses. 
But then I also started thinking about, well, what about legacy here? So when you're podcasting, all of a sudden you're putting your thoughts out there in a place where it just wouldn't be there before. And you know, you think about legacy and when you're podcasting, you have the ability to showcase some of your thoughts, showcase things that you want to talk about, your expertise really, where you don't always do that. Like you always think that you're going to have time to write a blog post. You always think that you're going to have time to write this book, but you don't. And podcasting is a, an easier way to do that and just start talking and getting your thoughts out there. As I started having my children, I've got three now, you know, I was thinking like, what should I be doing to kind of leave my legacy? And I know it's not all about just podcasting, but I thought that could be a, a great way to do that. So one of the reasons I was thinking about this is because I had been 12 years at a company and, you know, good company and everything, but not my company. And I was thinking, okay, I'm not really growing as much as I should professionally. You know, where, where am I leaving my mark? You know, on this earth, I guess, uh, from a professional standpoint, I want to build something. And so I want to build a, a legacy of my own. And so how do I do that and, you know, do podcasting? Well, maybe I combine them by starting a business. <laughs> so initially, I started a podcast for the company I was working at at the time. They didn't share my vision for it as far as bringing it to the masses and they just wanted for me to interview our own clients there, which is cool, that their vision for it. But I wanted to do more and you know, I wanted to take podcasting to another level. I convinced my wife to start a podcast. She's now on episode 150, I believe, of, of her show, uh, which is called Weddings for Real. And I convinced her partly because I kept saying, you've got to write a book, you've got to write a book, you've got to write a book. And she's like, I can't do that yet. She's a wedding planner. She's like, in order to write a book, I have to expect to lose my business because I'm going to tell all these stories. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I was like, well, what about doing a podcast and having you're interviewing other vendors about some of their wedding stories, right? And so she's like, fine, fine. And you know, part of the way I was able to convince her is because you know this is a way to have that legacy and to have our kids hear you, you know, and they do love listening to her and they can listen to her for years down the road. But anyway. To answer your question of my initial why, it's really the storytelling part and the legacy part that I fell in love with. Wow. So I have to ask because I love that you fell in love with the storytelling part. And I hear that to me, it was surprising from other business people of why they are interested. I mean, I'm a creative artistic person. I come from that background, but I'm curious what it is from your perspective that just what is it about storytelling that's so powerful? Well, it's just something that is a way to connect. So when you're hearing an amazing story, so like when I'm listening to How I Built This, for example, and I hear somebody is down and out and they are struggling, you'll hear in the teaser, like, I was down to my last 50 cents in, in my checking account. <laughs> and then that's when they start the show, basically. And you're like, oh, I want to hear more. But to be able to connect and to be able to hear your story within those other stories and have people contact you and say, I loved what you said about that, that can be such a high that you get and know that you made a difference in somebody else's life by sharing your story. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of value-driven reasons there where through everything you've shared so far, actually like wanting to create something that's valuable for your children, wanting your wife to have an opportunity to do that as well. Yeah. 
and really thinking long-term and what the bigger picture for you and your personal life is with having your voice and thoughts shared in this way for your inner circle, meaning your family, and then thinking about how people can listen to you and, and see themselves in you and see themselves in your stories and the people that join you's stories and that level of value and engagement, I agree, is you can't really compare it with much else. That human touch is kind of what that is, right? That's what's yeah. so special about podcasting. I know we're going to gush about podcasting this whole episode, <laughs> but, but it's just, there's something so special about it. And I think you hit it on the head as to the reason why it's so special. It because is. we all have this thing to share. We've had life experiences and there's other people out there having those experiences too. Do you feel like it's normalizing for yourself too, to like share something that maybe you didn't think too much of while it was happening? Or we have moments in our lives where maybe we're just like, yeah, I don't know. That happened. <laughs> right. You know what? And it gives us an opportunity to slow down and reflect on those things too. So when we're in a podcast conversation like this and we're talking about the stories that have happened to us, you can appreciate like those things that actually happened to you. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's not always the case where you're in the moment and you're going from Zoom call to Zoom call, right? Or you're going from meeting to meeting. But it's nice to be able to appreciate some of those things that have actually happened to you. I'll share another story in storytelling so I was driving by a cemetery one time. So like there's this big cemetery on Glenwood Avenue in, in Raleigh. And I was looking at that and I was like every, every single one of those headstones is a story that could be told. And it's likely that they didn't get the opportunity to tell those stories. And how do we do that? Like how do we make that happen? I sold a podcast concept to a funeral home or talked to a funeral home about a, a podcast concept where it's called Beyond the Obituary where the families of loved ones that have passed on can come in and tell stories of those people that have passed on. I mean, it is just heartwarming. It's like tear-jerking. It's like all those things. But those stories that they could not tell or that would be forgotten, I guess, you know, that would be forgotten as time goes on, they have that legacy right there. They can tell them. And so most of the podcast episodes that we did, and I got to host that one, most of the podcast episodes that we did were of people that did pass on and their families, you know, did come in and, and talk to me about that. But there was one where the guy knew he was about to go. So he and his family came in and did this podcast episode. And oh, my gosh, like, that was the strength of these people to do that. But it was so special to them to be able to have this audio recording and to be able to share these stories in the moment and know that, you know, he's he's going to go and he, he did go within a, a few months. Anyway, the storytelling part of that, it can be just so powerful. That, I got chills when you were sharing that. Thank you for sharing that and for doing that type of work. It's I just feel that in my bones, literally, when, when you were talking about that. And I'll share with you, my grandmother recently passed away, my last living grandparent. Mm on my mother's side and we are immigrants. So they're all in Europe, in Germany and Hungary and that part. But that said, there's always been a, a big disconnect from my extended family and myself and my brother being the second generation. And when she passed away, I kind of had a panic over her legacy where I felt like everyone was disappearing and we wouldn't have an opportunity to know her story and know a lot of my grandparents' stories because they were 
gone and they lived during very interesting time periods. So they experienced a lot. And that was an interesting thing that came up for me that I wasn't expecting. Mm. I relate to what you're saying quite a bit about wanting to share and preserve that legacy. And then on a second note, because we were in this country growing up, long distance phone calls were very expensive. My mother... And her mother, the one that just passed, sent each other recorded tapes back and forth for years. So in a weird way, my mom has been podcasting since I can remember. That's amazing. (laughs) Fascinating, right? Yeah. So it's just an interesting way that these themes circle into our lives as well. But I mean, just wonderful that you did that podcast. And I saw it on your website. I encourage everyone to take a listen as I will. No, thank you. And sorry for your loss. And that is amazing that you did have those recordings. One of my friends just borrowed a a microphone of mine because he had a a family reunion. He's going to have 60 people there. And like all his mom and her six brothers and sisters were going to be there all in one place. And it just never happens. Right. And so he decided, look, I'm going to bring a mic and go ahead and record all these people while they're around and, you know, just and they're together. And so doing things like that, like it doesn't have to be podcasting, obviously, but doing things like that are just so valuable for you, for your kids and can be passed down. You know, just like you probably have a baby book or a photo album or something. This can be the the new photo album, basically, (laughs) and sharing these, these memories. Yeah. And what a wonderful way to get it from the perspective of the actual person who experienced it. It's like we're all walking memoirs when we can capture things like that and then putting it into if people want to take it to the next level and create structure in a storytelling format can be a really beautiful way to honor those legacies as well. And yeah, wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that you have you have those recordings. I think there's so much that, that you can do with that. Yeah, they're all in another language. So that's one barrier. Oh, wow. <laughs> we're going to have to bridge that somehow. <laughs> you know what? I keep thinking about all this content that we're putting out. How do we translate that to other languages? Because it's such valuable content. Should we be translating it to other languages? That's a podcast for another time. But you know, that is something that I, I think about. It is. I actually had meetings with someone in China who is doing something different with social media people. We had interesting conversation about what to do with the podcasting space for communities who are now very interested, like China and India. Yeah. So yeah, like let's put a pin in that and revisit that conversation at some point because I find that really interesting too. Yeah. (laughs) So you asked about my why initially. Yes. I said there was two parts to it. So I left my job and formed Earfluence. And we do podcasting for businesses and and personal brands and, and, as you said, amplifying their expertise. My why has really shifted because as much as I love the legacy and storytelling part of it, that's all great, but that's not part of running a business really. That that would be podcasting for myself, and that's why Mm -hmm. other people should be podcasting for sure. But my why now in running a business is because I get to see – what podcasting can do for these businesses. And I mentioned, you know, it can be a a top of funnel marketing strategy for them, but there are just so, so many ways that it can be impactful to our clients' business and get them in turn more business. So it's something where, and, and you know, it is networking. So like, it's so easy to say, do you want to come on my podcast versus 
can I talk to you about something that I want to sell to you, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And all of a sudden you have a great connection and that person can one day become a, a client of yours because you had them on your podcast. The content that we're putting out because it's transcribed and all those things can be used for video, for social media, for books in the future, for all these different things. You know, we've had clients that use the content from their podcast to develop communities, but then also use it for membership sites and for courses. And that's something that you can do because you already have this audience for the podcast. We've had clients that found their next great hire because they had a podcast and were able to understand, oh, wow, this is something that I want to be a part of. Like, I feel better about this company because I can listen to them and I get a sense of who they are. So there's just so many reasons for podcasting now and, you know, I still love the storytelling part of it. I still love, you know, the legacy part of it. But at the same time, like to see my clients succeed because of podcasting, that's my why. That's a wonderful shift to make, too, is to really see how it grows and uplifts and transforms other people's experiences and whatever those are that you're coming in to help with. So my why has shifted a lot in that regard, too. Yeah. It goes back and forth. I still come from a place of like story and I need people to really delve into their own story and, you know, all of that. But that's just part of the way I like to approach the process and everyone has their way. But really hanging out with people I love, which are oh, the types yeah. of clients that show up for this kind of work, is great for my own spirit and networking, the type of network I want around me as well. And then it kind of mirrors out, like you were saying, for these businesses to then attract their networks. And it just goes on and on and on. It's infinite if you allow it to be. And that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Hey, one thing about podcasting is sometimes we need to be more selfish as podcast hosts. So I'm going to toss it back to you because I, I'm guessing you're not selfish enough in your own podcast. What was your original why? I appreciate that. Well, not too different than yours. I was walking away from an industry. I was pivoting and going into a, a linear sort of what I call the adjacent neighborhood of the industry I was okay. in, which is entertainment. And I was an actor and getting sent out for things I didn't really feel aligned with. I didn't feel like I was in control of my own creative experience. So I stopped what I was doing. And for the first time, you know, my degree is in theater. Like I was all in with this path. So to kind of stop doing that, just to go, hmm, this is not what I thought it was going to be. That was it's like a slap in the face, honestly, is what it felt like. And But it was also very powerful because I took that back into my own control and asked myself the questions, which is why I'm so obsessed with these questions of why <laughs> we do what we do, because they create huge shifts in our lives and can change everything. So the way I moved into podcasting was, this is back in 2012-ish, Wow, around that time, a bit ago. I didn't know what it was. I was writing something that I loved and happened. I was bartending at the time. And one of my Monday night clients who came in every Monday, read a book, owned a record shop, that kind of hipster, cool dude. We would have a quick conversation and he was like, oh, we're doing these like podcasts after hours at the record shop. And I'm like, what is that? And he was like, we're doing like radio plays. And I was like, what? I thought that was so interesting. <laughs> On what channel? <laughs> yeah, he was streaming them live 
on the wow. internet. They weren't even distributed on podcast apps or anything yet at that time. And so I was like, okay. And I was like, well, I'm writing a story. Would you let me talk to you about it? And he was like, sure. So he was like, cool. Like you can be a part of our, like they did like a live art show on Wednesday nights and a variety show. So there was like my show and then a bunch of other people would follow and they would do their act, if you will, like whatever it was that they did. Some of them were just conversations. Some of them were other things. And that's how I got started. And it was a science fiction noir oh, neat. audio drama that I wrote. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. It was so much fun. And it completely showed me what falling in love with the process could look like and what controlling my own creativity and world could look like. And it also showed me who I really was at the core and what I wanted to express. Yeah. And that just lit my fire and there was no turning back. I just kept going, well, what else can I do? What else can I do? What what more can I do? What else? You know? So that's kind of where it started for me. And now it's, I'm kind of wanting to get back to more storytelling and I haven't had a chance to create my own project in a while because I was pretty busy building new skills and being an entrepreneur. So that is interesting. So like you're talking about these amazing stories that, that you're telling and it plays almost that you're writing, right? And it's different than the interview style type of podcasts. Right. And so I, I always think like, what's the next level in podcasting? Where what's a different level that's not being utilized right now than the interview style format? Because that it is very effective, but sometimes it's there's a lot of sameness to it. And I, yeah. I think you going back to creative like that can like there is room for that and, and it's needed. Thank you. Yeah, I am hoping to do some projects. I like when hybrids happen, mm. when you kind of combine a little bit of both worlds. I find that really fascinating. So hopefully next year I'll be working on something that includes a little bit of a few different things like that, like real people's voices, yeah. some storytelling, some acting, really great music, stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I was actually just talking to a, a theater troupe based in Wilmington, North Carolina, about doing something like that, where it would be they're doing like these monologues. It's about coming out, right? So like their monologues are about coming out and then interviews based on that. So like it's something totally – it's something a little bit different anyway. But yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a cool, cool way to do things. That is very interesting. Um, have you ever heard of something called Reader's Theater? I haven't, no. What you're describing, the format sounds kind of similar to that, where okay. it was a it's a category and speech competition, <laughs> but it's theater. So they're 20 minutes long versus the usual, um, usually in speech competition, it's about 10 minutes. It's actually exactly 10 minutes. You can't go over, you get disqualified. But for these, they're 20 minutes. So you often have this kind of presentational theater. You might be breaking the fourth wall. You might have interviewee style type feel to it. It's mm -hmm. more speech related. And then you'll jump back into something that looks more like theater. It's really fun. But oh, awesome. um, that sounds similar. That it, that could work really well for. Yeah. I'll check that out. Podcast. Yeah. It just reminded me of that. I had to mention it. Yeah. But thanks for asking, by the way, throwing the question back to me. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so true. Like I, I have to tell my clients, like you've got to be more selfish for this. Like it's great to give the guests love and all that. And we want the guests to share but at the same time, like you need to showcase you're the expert in this field. So 
Anyway. You're so right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say that to all my clients too. I make them do like individual episodes yeah. to kind of force that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like you, force you their hand. To. Yeah. So you're right. And, and I love this because we totally get it. And that's kind of fun. Yeah. But since we just talked about creatives and artists, I was wondering for, so a lot of creatives and artists and that type of listener listens to this show. And most people like us have something that we love to create. And we are usually kind of hungry to have some engagement with that, you know, art to me, becomes art when you get to communicate. The communication part needs to happen, the engagement part. So do you have any advice or what do you think a next step might be for someone who's a creative or an artist wanting to get into podcasting to sort of highlight their skill? What would you say to them? I would say for anybody who's looking to get into podcasting and for anybody listening in, I'll tell you, I'm wearing a shirt that says just press record. It's something I tell everybody that's interested in podcast. So one, it's everybody should have a podcast. And so just press record and see what you have. Two, for any of you producers and editors out there, it's a reminder to press the record button. <laughs> but my, <laughs> yeah. my advice is to just press record and see what you have. Because when I go to podcasting meetups, and sometimes in person, sometimes virtually, We'll see the same people there that are what we call pod curious, that say they have this idea for a podcast and they want to do it. But then the next month comes and it's the same thing. They're still thinking about doing it. And then the next month and then the next month and they're still thinking about doing it and they just haven't done anything. And until you press record, you're not going to know what you have. You need to start recording yourself. Feel free to make mistakes I mentioned my friend Javier, who has the Pretend podcast. He's got over 4 million downloads of his podcast now. But when he first started out, he threw away the first five episodes because it was not what he thought it would be. But he had to get through that process. He had to get through failing from his perspective to know what he wanted to do and know what he was happy with and what could resonate with an audience. And so, you know, by press and record, he was able to make mistakes. He was able to fail. He was able to become more comfortable in podcasting. And so that's my advice whenever anybody asks about what they should do to get started. I love that. That's in the season I did last season, the last episode, or sorry, the one about big begin podcasting, the last episode was called Permission to F It Up. Oh, yeah. Which meant just do it. Like, okay, I told you all this crap you're supposed to do. Now throw that all out and just start because you're right. You have to allow space for the actual process to happen. And most likely you're not going to like a lot of it in the beginning, but that's okay. You don't have to, you're not supposed to. No. If you do, that's bonus. And then we get to this, to the meat of it, to the core of what you're really trying to say. Yeah. I don't want to listen to the first episodes that I put out <laughs> because, you know, I, I did F it up, I'm sure. <laughs> and, but that's okay because you go through this process and it's that learning process and you have to be able to make mistakes. And what a great title, you know, giving yourself permission to F it up. I mean, that's perfect. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, actually, this show, I recorded a lot of the first season on my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Just to show you that you don't need to be perfect in the beginning. Like I did, it was kind of a meta thing, but all the first episodes of this show is all about just getting out of your own way to get started, different tools and things to do that. So I kind of made like, okay, sounding episodes on purpose, but they were better than still some of the stuff that comes through, you know, across my desk, you know, and so it's just, you have an amazing device, probably most of us 
have this cell phone with a great speaker on it and you can just see what you have to say and maybe you don't publish it. Maybe you just go through the process of loading them as a draft so you know what that feels like on your platform or whatever and then you give yourself some space in between is very helpful too to kind of reflect on what you just made. Yeah. And and you can even different choices. For sure. And you can even ask some friends or people that you respect to check it out. And you don't have to publish it. You can just send it to them, send an MP3 file. But you are so right about not being hung up on equipment. Oh, my gosh. That is another thing that we hear is what (laughs) mic should I buy? Oh, my. It does not matter (laughs) what what (laughs) mic you buy. You are right about the phone. Like we've got in the studio, like we're a professional podcasting company, so we've got to have decent mics, right? And, and we do in the studio and I'm using a, a Blue Yeti here, which is fine. And you're using a, a nice mic a, as well. But you are right. You can use your phone. It doesn't have to be complicated. Even if you are on a Zoom call with a guest and you both decided to record into voice memos on your phone that works. It is perfectly mm-hmm. fine. No one will know, <laughs> you know, if that, <laughs> that that's what you did, except for like podcast producers like us who are like, is that a, is that a iPhone you think? Uh, I wonder. But other than that, nobody cares. Everybody's so used to the Zoom calls and like the good enough quality sound anyway. And it doesn't have to be NPR quality by any means. Yeah, I appreciate that, especially in the beginning. Like, if, you can grow into equipment. Like, when yeah. you, you know, know what your budget is that you'd like to aspire to and just put five bucks away a week or whatever it is and just get started. Like, it's better to start than not start because of something like a microphone or uh, being feeling like you don't have enough information or, you know, think about what you do have and see if you can make what you have now work for you. And I think that's the best way. Yep. Absolutely. I love that you pointed that out. So true. And I love that you're pointing that out because you have a professional podcast company. I always feel a little like people think I'm contradicting myself. Oh, (laughs) And it's like, well, I am going to tell you to upgrade eventually, but let's weigh the odds of what the most important thing is right now, (laughs) which is going to change over time, right? Like your why changed, which is a great example of growth. And if you stick with it, you might hate it. You might you might start and be like, no, I do want to write that book. I think I'm better as a writer. And then, you know, that's okay, though. You have to make those discoveries or you're, you're going to feel like you didn't meet your goals at the end of the process. Yeah. Another beauty of, of podcasting is you'll get those reps to know. You'll get those reps to be comfortable in public speaking. Or like you said, you might be like, you know what? I'm just going to stick to writing this book. And again, you can use that amazing phone to have it transcribe using Otter or whatever transcription service, you can start talking in, into your phone to start writing that book. Even when you're yes. even when you're driving or something, you can write your book. I did that. I did write a book, but I wrote my presentation in a car because I was stuck in traffic for an hour. And I just said the whole thing into my phone and sent it to my assistant. That is amazing. <laughs> and had her make my deck, which was great. She did a fantastic job. I gave her notes too. But that's a great hack where we can just simplify things for ourselves. You have a voice, you have a phone most likely. And if you have a computer, whatever those things are, you can just get started. Yeah. Do the thing. Do the thing and see what comes out. Definitely. Do the thing. Permission to F it up. Just press record. All those things. (laughs) Those are great taglines for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Which kind of brings me to one of my last questions, which is what is the biggest takeaway you would like a listener to have from today? I think you may have just said it, but is there anything else you want to add? Oh, man. 
That is a great question. Yeah, it is just press record. You will love podcasting if you give yourself a chance to do it, right? And it gives you the opportunity to grow professionally, to have those reps to be like you're doing a keynote speech, right, coming up. You are probably very comfortable. Like, I'm not going to say you don't get nervous because I'm sure everybody gets nervous, but you're probably much more comfortable in speaking because you have this podcast and and you're very good at it. And the clients that you have, they are going to grow so much. One of my clients, she has a podcast called Diversity Beyond the Checkbox. And when she first started out, I kid you not, just visibly nervous in interviewing people. Now she's about to start her fifth season. And I tell you, like, she is now a writer in Forbes. She is getting somebody from PGA Tour of America, from Ernst & Young, from Pendo, like these huge companies to come on her show. And it is because she has put in the work for it and become so comfortable in taking care of these guests. So professionally, she has grown a ton throughout this. And now she's not nearly as nervous and she's always prepared, but can do these episodes in her sleep, basically, because like she's put in the time and and done the reps. That's amazing. Yeah, there's really something to say for consistency and just doing, putting action to a little bit of action each time. And it's inevitable. You will grow. If you don't, you're not a human being. Like you just will. (laughs) (laughs) If you you keep with it, it, it just will happen, which is pretty relieving if you think about, you know, the scheme of life of how frustrating a lot of it can be because we're so up close to our experiences. Yeah. But knowing that if you just show up that eventually you're going to grow the way you want to is kind of cool. Yeah. And adding to having fun with it. So one of my expressions I always say is record drunk, edit sober. And that's (laughs) taken from a Hemingway quote, which was write drunk, edit sober. And (laughs) what that means is like, You know, you don't have to have a glass of wine in front of you. You don't have to be drunk. But if you do, cool, go for it. But just be loose in the recording and feel free to, you know, ask that next level question. Feel free to, you know, ask off the wall questions. Feel free to say to the guest, this is off the record, but I have to ask. Or this wasn't on the list of questions I sent over to you, but I was just wondering and go to that next level. And if you can be loose, if you can just have fun in the recording and you know, have some things in mind that you want to get to, but you know, know that whatever happens, it can all be edited out. <laughs> like, and that's where the edit sober comes in. You're going to have a, a great podcast and you're going to have fun with it and you're going to grow as you were alluding to. I love that you circled back to that because having fun is extremely important. And I may even add that to my outline process with clients in making sure they include a fun question and just asking them, what's your fun question for this episode? I love that. I want to employ that as soon as I can. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And just get them, get the guests comfortable in talking too. So you can even be upfront in asking that fun question. So they just relax because sometimes they're nervous too. They usually are. It's surprising how many high-level speaker, accomplished, whatever, are often the most nervous that show up on. It's really interesting, but that just means we're all human, right? And we care about what we're doing. And Yeah, (laughs) but that's great because icebreaker questions, right? Like like those can be your fun moment of just whatever you want to ask. It can be silly, and it's really fun as a listener, too, to hear the answers to those things. (laughs) I have one client that's doing two truths and a lie. Oh, that's fun. 
they do that right in the beginning and it's really fun. (laughs) Oh, good. My wife used to always do like five fun questions at the end, you know, just things like, you know, what's one food that you could eat every day for the rest of your life? You know, those types of things, right? She does that one too. That's the same person. The same okay. host. She does that one too. That's really fun. Yeah. That just fun ways to loosen up. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for all of this. Can you just let us know how we can connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Anybody can find me on LinkedIn, Jason Gillikin, or you can email jason at earfluence.com or you can visit earfluence.com. And uh, we're on all those social media platforms as well, Earfluence Media. Amazing. Again, amazing name. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. And thank you. I love chatting with you and it's an honor to be a guest on your podcast. So I truly appreciate it. Thank you. It's been an amazing to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Be Will Begin. Make sure to catch our Thursday Small Shifts episodes for five-minute self-reflective small questions that follow a theme in a guided meditation style. Also be sure to click the follow button or check mark for Be Will Begin on your favorite podcast app to add it to your library so each episode downloads automatically. And if you'd like to stay connected for workshops and all Be Will Begin offers, and get a free guide to working with fear and imposter syndrome, you can go to fearimposter.avanthousemedia.com or click the link in the show notes. Stay safe and keep creating.